0: Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need To Read. It is my absolute pleasure to bring you the conversation that I had with Maeve Moon regarding trauma and sex work and her story which is super super fascinating and I'm so honoured that she was willing to be honest enough to share her story with me. Now I'm going to sound like the BBC here but I am being deadly serious. Viewer discretion is advised or listener discretion is advised. If this conversation um, about abuse, sex work, trauma, if that is going to trigger you, please, you don't have to listen to this episode. There are another 70-odd episodes that you can go and listen to today. The last thing I want to do is upset someone with the conversations that I facilitate. Now, that being said, in the description of the notes, there are lots of resources should at some point in this conversation, you feel like you are triggered or upset. But Maeve has a fantastic story to tell and she is super, super inspirational. Um, It was my honor to chat to her. Before we get into the episode today, just a quick word from our sponsors. And it seems pretty apt, especially with the topic of conversation today. Now books, of course, they can take you on such a journey. They can help you in so many ways. However, at some point, books might not be enough. That is why I've reached for BetterHelp. They are a sponsor of the podcast. There is no shame in reaching for help and calling for help. With BetterHelp, you get an online therapist. You're put in touch with them within 48 hours, and they're matched to your needs. Whatever your needs are, whether your mental health is bad in a way that you're depressed anxious if you do have ptsd from something like what Mavis spoken about you'll be put through to the right person if you don't like that person you can then change that person to someone else and you'll be put in touch with them again within 48 hours and you can change that free of free of charge so better is an online therapy service should you feel that the time is right for therapy all you have to do is head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read and that is 10% off your first month, which means roughly it's about £40 per session for your first month. If you've got that money lying around with the lockdown, with the less spending that you're doing at the moment, and you think the time is right, then there's no harm in giving it a go. It will never be wasted money. So 10% off betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. Now, another way in which you can support the podcast is head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash a need to read. That way you can contribute to all the money that I spend on books and all the money that needs to contribute towards the podcast. So if you do that, thank you very much. Look, I think you're all legends just for listening anyway. So any extras is a bonus. So this is the conversation I had with Maeve. I hope you enjoy it. Maeve, thank you very much for coming on and... A warm welcome to a need to read
1: thank you for having me
0: it is absolutely my pleasure um I have to ask the the awful question at the start of all the podcast is asking people to introduce themselves because I don't know you either so I, I need you to introduce yourself to me um so would you mind just telling me a little bit about like who you are and what it is you do and how you got there
1: yeah So, uh, hi, my name's Maeve Moon. I run the Profit From Trauma Instagram. Um, I've dabbled a little bit in a podcast myself and YouTube, but nothing consistent. So we will say that the Instagram is A-OK consistent, mainly where I would uh, base myself online. Um, My story, wow, where do I begin? My Instagram and my journey right now is basically based on Helping trauma survivors, and in particular, trigger warning, sexual abuse trauma survivors, find themselves just mm. re-refind the journey that the path that they're even supposed to be on in the first place, which they they might be with. They might not even be able to see the path. They may be living in a in a form of fight or flight mode all the time that they they can't even see what their purpose is on Earth anymore. That's what I'm here for and I was actually thinking about this with an hour I was thinking about you know I was going to speak with you and I was like how long was I even doing sex work for and my 2019 was crazy but before I go into actually like introducing or before we even go into this podcast I just want to throw out a bit of a trigger warning here for anybody that is going to watch this who. Is a trauma survivor or is going through some kind of abuse or a live trauma or has got really severe past trauma, the topics that I'm going to be talking about, 12 words in, if you find yourself feeling a little bit uncomfortable, 12 words in, remember, this means that your body is moving into fight or flight mode. And at that point, stop listening to the podcast, <laughs> stop listening to the podcast you know recuperate soothe a little bit get a blanket a hot drink go and sit outside reground yourself and come back and listen about 45 minutes later because i i wouldn't want anybody to listen to this and get really triggered because mm-hmm. probably what i'll talk about is triggering for the people that are going to listen to this
0: yeah You know what I mean? yeah that's right I was, I was going to chuck a trigger warning at the start but look it's not my world i have no idea how to anything apart from what i've seen on the bbc when they say viewer discretion is advised it's it's not a world um that i've been in and that's exactly why i've got you on here to hopefully and i'm I'm sure will help some people um and and inspire some people that may have been through or could potentially go down that route in the future and you're like nah don't do it so um yeah trigger trigger warnings all done and thank you for doing that because you've done a stellar job and I might I'll, I'll put that actually at the start of the podcast probably um, okay. before I doing any intros but yeah what what's what's your story you so say your wild 2019 where where did it all start
1: well I think my story probably starts um I went through uh, a lot of physical abuse and sexual abuse as a child um mm. And I moved out when I was 15, 16, moved into a homeless shelter. I was homeless from 16 to 18, uh, went through another like peaks and troughs of trauma in in that stage. And then I moved to Surrey in, uh, I went to Guildford in Surrey, went to university. And I was like, right, my life will change. I'm going to change my name. So my name is Maeve, but my birth name is not Maeve. And I was like, nobody will know me. I'll just recreate. I'll pretend that none of that trauma happened. I'll just pop it in a box and I'll shove it down into my stomach yeah. and I'll be someone else and no one will know. It'll be great. I got this. And um, so I moved 300 miles down the country uh, at 18 and I was just living living with I'd just been through years of homelessness trauma as a yeah. teenager I was trying to maintain doing a diploma whilst trying to maintain doing side jobs because when you're on universal credit you can't make money so hmm. I had to make make money in other ways and yeah. I was maintaining all that had I had no therapy yeah.
0: in this whole okay. period of
1: time so it's Con- I was just it's just concerning now looking at how I was trying to manage that so I shoved it down in a box and then just tried to live a normal life yeah now obviously the beliefs that that life prior to me even living in Surrey had had led me to believe was that I have no uh reverence for my life I have no reverence for my body I have no I have no autonomy and I think when I realized that I was trying to fill a big void with Mm. a new life, with a new education, with new people, with a new landscape, and that all of these exterior things to me actually didn't fill that interior void and also didn't deal with any of the big box of trauma that I packed down into my stomach, I thought, well, money will fix it.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, why Why would it not, right?
1: All that's missing from this wonderful <laughs> experience is a lot of freaking money. And um, I was in a relationship with a, a lovely young man, bless him, he had a real handful with me. And I remember just moving towards the end of that relationship. I thought, when I leave this guy, and I will in the next month or so. I'm going to become a sugar baby. That's what, just what I'm going to do. I will meet really interesting men. I'll travel the world. I'll have a big bank account. I won't have to work all these shitty jobs. And um, that seems like the right thing to do. Tracing mm. that back, my father had recommended that lifestyle to me when I was 14. I was always looked very old. So I'd already been on Seeking Arrangements, which is a sugar daddy site. Um, yeah anybody who's watching this who is slightly traumatized and thinks i'll go there just hold on a minute just let me finish this podcast Mm. before you head over to seeking arrangements and um see what that world's about um so i checked it out when i was 16 when i was living in my homeless shelter and at 20 it was finally available to me because at 20 i'd also lost a lot of weight i'd completely relapsed into an eating disorder and i was very thin and i thought Right. I'm I'm at the perfect point in my life now. I'm finally old enough to do this. I'm finally attractive enough. I'm finally thin enough. I Mm. can actually make this my lifestyle. I can make this my reality. And because my university life, Guildford, everything that I was hoping that that new reality would provide me with, connection and love, Mm. wasn't filling me with that. I thought, well, I can go and get it down this road. So I did. That's what I did. I left my boyfriend and I... Teamed up with another girl and we became sugar babies together, and we went off to America, and it was just like a whirlwind of sugar babying for a while, and swinging and.
0: To just
1: to just money.
0: Yeah, just to just to butt in there. So what like the sugar baby? Because like I've got friends who get messages all the time. The people like, oh, let me pay your gym membership or like I'll give you six hundred quid just for nothing, like. And one of my friends, like she's done it before. I'm not going to name her name, but like she, she's had someone message her on Instagram, and, and the guy's been like, Look, I'll give you like 600 quid. She's been like, Yeah, right. He sent it to her, and then like literally nothing. Like he hasn't asked for anything in return. Because I think that I, I don't know what these people's intentions are. I couldn't think of anything worse than like giving away money to someone for like no reason. I I I I can't comprehend where it would come from on on these guys' minds, but obviously they're a bit fucking twisted, right? Is this like I, the, the, in the, the ones that you met? Were there any that were genuinely good people that just wanted to sort of provide, or or was it a case that like they were the majority of them were weirdos?
1: I think just to clear up the uh, the mindset behind this for a lot of men is as children women internalize trauma and men sexualize it
0: okay dom-
1: so i am trained i'm a professional dominatrix and i learned that as i was in that training process is that yeah you know you know a little boy might have been kicked under the table as a kid uh, or he might have been crawling around and seeing his aunt's feet, and his mum's feet. And instead of maybe that traumatized him, but instead of going, oh God, I just hate feet, I'll never look at feet. It's I've gotta I got to i got to get to those feet, man. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> see those feet, everyone's feet. Yeah. I'm gonna fuck. My dish. And it's and it becomes okay. like men sexualize childhood trauma. Not all men, hashtag, not all men, hashtag, we're not generalizing everybody here, but yeah. The people that are giving away money, why? what happened to them in their childhood when money was taken away from them and they felt some kind of pain from that. But instead of going, I'm never going to give money away, it's how can I relive that traumatizing pain of giving money away? And oh in a way where I'm getting enjoyment from it, I can see a beautiful girl and I send her 600 pounds and I'm, it's, <laughs> it's sexualizing the, the embarrassment, the shame of not having money, the the ridicule and these a lot of girls and a lot of women who will accept large amounts of money from pay pigs from 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 cash pigs in that community, that's kind of what we call them. Yeah. it's I deserve it, and you don't deserve a thanks.
0: That is fascinating.
1: I love it and they, and they love it, but there's there's something deep in their childhood there. That has triggered that wanting to give money away and then feel ashamed for it, or just have the thought that she's spending that doing something really sexy. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I've I've created that sexy reality for that woman, and that turns like me what?
0: Out. I'm always like, what? What can someone do with money that's that cool? Like,
1: <laughs> honestly, probably like, by, like you know, when men send dildos to uh, you, but. Book- Lots of OnlyFans girls will put dildos on their Amazon wish lists and the men will buy them for them. These girls do not fucking need twenty more dildos. They don't no, they, they don't, don't need,
0: need any more sex toys. <laughs>
1: but they'll put them on there for the reality for the men to think she's she's using the dildo that I'm buying her. I'm pleasing that woman and I don't know how to please women. But I do know how to please women by sending them dildos and money. But I don't know how to please women otherwise because women have shunned me, women have shamed me. I can give this to women. I can't give love to women. I can give them money.
0: Have you had experience with women in this way, or is it just men that seem to be like this? Because I feel like men, obviously, like, we get a bad reputation. And and honestly, a lot of blokes just don't fucking help themselves by doing stuff like this. And it gives everyone else like a, a bad rep, or it doesn't actually. Most people can just see that not all men are trash, right? And like, I, I say men are trash all the time as a joke, Um I've got a predominantly female audience. Like, it's funny for me to say it because it's such a movement at the moment. Everyone's like, I'm just giving up on men. I hate men. I hate this. Blah blah blah. Everyone against men. It's like, look, no one's gonna get anywhere if they don't just work together. So just fucking grow up. So I just say it as a joke. But like, is it did you ever experience women that are like, oh, I wanna give someone money, or is it just predominantly men?
1: Well, I from your experience. In my experience, I never had female clients. No. Never. I never had a female sugar mummy. I never had uh, I never had any slaves that were female. I never, had any, I never had any submissives. I never had any clients at all that were female.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: But I do understand the psychology behind the female also going into the submissive role of, I don't like daddy issues, and then that, yeah, that can lead you down a whole submissive route there, and only wanting to date really powerful, arrogant men that make you feel like shit. Um, but I personally have never, other than all the women that I worked with, and was like, "Yeah, wow, you're yeah. fucked up, and I'm fucked up." Um, <laughs> I never, I never actually had clients yeah. who were female. Okay, yeah. So it was a bit that, of that, like that,
0: a was, namaste, like I see into you my colleague what you see into me like we both have our shit but let's just get through it together by not getting through it yeah. in a way yeah i just okay. hoping
1: that we'll meet the energy that we're giving out
0: yeah i got you okay all right now we've 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 covered that off and um we know that men are mostly weirdos um, what's <laughs> what what happened next you went to america you did a lot of this um sugar babying this like pay pig kind of stuff at uh, how long is it of doing that before you're like, right, enough is enough. I kind of sort of need to stop this or, or what led to that. If, if you Probably don't
1: mind. Ab- about uh, nine months, I did that. And I realized in J- January 2019, I got back from America and I was getting paid 250 pounds a week from my sugar daddy, which is an immensely low amount of money. So, oh. and I went, I, I kind of looked at the, pros and the cons of this I was like well I gotta visit him he's got to chauffeur me all the way down to Southampton every week I've got to spend two or three days with him cooking for him pretending that we're in a relationship uh he's really weird why am I putting myself through this for 250 pounds when I, I essentially I'm prostituting myself just in a really long elaborate way where there's chauffeurs and champagne involved it's prostitution mm. it is it's is prostitution, but whatever label you want on it, Sugarcutter it, is prostitution. Yeah. And I thought, well, I could just be a prostitute. I, I didn't, yeah. when you've also gone through a lot of trauma, as I mentioned, no reverence for my life, no autonomy or care for my body, turning this into a commodity, no brainer, like an absolute no brainer because it's already being used for other people's pleasure and I'm just not getting any compensation for it so Mm. it didn't make it just made full sense for me to just well I can just book someone in for an hour they can have this body that they that they want and need and I'll get compensation for that and I don't have to go through all that relationship building pretending Mm. all of that false shit I just put on some lingerie they come for an hour 15 minutes and then they leave (laughs) two Do you know what I mean? It it actually made no sense to continue being a sugar babe. Would just do that on the side if I felt like going for a fancy dinner or meeting some like some important guy that was on seeking arrangements for some reason. So yeah, that was the 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 start of the whirlwind of escorting and brothels and all of that world. And it was a quick transition from beginning that to realizing like oh my goodness this is horrific like but I can't mm. stop the money so tasty I can't stop and I developed a money addiction there and and I trained as a dominatrix and decided I'm not going to escort anymore to be a dominatrix and then I was going to be homeless again and I was like well like I guess I should just start doing sex I'll go live in a brothel then I'll have a home and I'll make money at the same time and yeah. just it was just a one hole after another hole and it, my bills got more and more expensive. I moved to central London. Um, I was letting people pay me more money to do more horrific things to me because I had no sense, like no sense of, yeah. what is this? What is this? What, what is this? I, I don't know. No one's ever taught me. And
0: did you feel a bit of a disconnection from your body in a way? As like, like at the time, were you like kind of feeling it happening? I like, I'm, I'm not a girl. I don't know how sex works for girls I know how it works for girls but I don't know how it feels but like was there like a complete emotional disconnection where like you would literally just like turned off the whole time to the experience or
1: not every time obviously yeah. like, there was when we're talking about clients and um sugar daddies and all these people, what we're really talking about here is human beings. So Mm. obviously there were some human beings that I got along with and there were some, the majority that I didn't. And some of them had really good intentions and some of them had really horrific intentions. And so sometimes it was just easier to, you know, I always had lube by the side. Lube is the savior. Like I can pretend with lube and I can just, Someone books half an hour. That's easy. It's easy. It's yeah. just easy. It's just easy. Just turn around, put a bit of effort in, kiss them, maybe. Ugh. But sometimes it was a great connection. Sometimes it yeah. was great, great sex. Yeah. yeah. But that was like one in 20 people. Let's
0: yeah. You know, so, so, so much
1: accounts, it's switched off. And yeah. your body body keeps the score body keeps the score great book body keeps the score we'll get to the books in a moment <laughs> it's important. so yeah. it's, it's not like i can put it to the back of my mind but my body remembers what i put her through
0: yeah of course
1: yeah so i went and did an ayahuasca retreat um i know that you recently dabbled have, or went have, down that yeah route.
0: it was hell for me but um <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go back to it another day just not just yet <laughs> But mm. So when was the ayahuasca treat? That was, that was obviously quite recent. That was
1: also in 2019. So in 2019, yeah. I became a prostitute, stopped being a prostitute, became a dominatrix, became a prostitute again, worked in brothels. I went to Italy at one point and was like, I'm just going to be an all pair. That was weird. I came back from Italy <laughs> and then I was I became a prostitute again. And it's like, you can't get out of it. Yeah. Like sex workers say, I'll just do it until I've got this amount of money. Right. I'm only doing it now because I need this car i'll stop once i've got the car i'll stop and you don't Mm. you never stop like however long do you think you're going to be a sex worker for times that by 10 and then times that by 10 again because once Mm. you're in that world you're in honey you're in it's so difficult i went did i ask and changed my life and left london and went came back up north and just sat around here and went oh what am I gonna do I was like what have I what have I done for the past two years and I was like well I need to change something like I don't know what exactly I'm gonna do but I know that nobody else can do what I just did so I started I thought well surely there must be a way that I can profit from all this trauma I've been through profit from trauma blossomed into my brain and I just started Mm. blogging writing and writing a book and uh, putting out posts all the time and actively I built a desk out of a out of a wardrobe shoe rack thing. And I put the shoe rack up and I was like, right, I've got a desk. I've got a desk. And I put my laptop on and I was like, right, I'll just start writing about trauma and something will come of this. And eventually a job came up that said um, it was a degree apprenticeship and it was like, must be interested in ending violence against women. I was like, well, that's obviously the job for me. Imagine
0: someone goes, yeah, nah, I'm not interested in that, actually.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm interested in violence against women. Fucking hell. I applied for it, got the job, and then it's just grown and grown and grown and, like, educating girls and women and anyone and men on sex work. I'm not, a, I'm not an anti-sex worker. I'm not anti-sex work. I'm mm-hmm. anti-doing it for the reasons, like, money. For yeah. I want love and connection, but I can't find it in my own life, so I'll go here and get it. I'll try and get it from money. And I've just started... Um, just educating people on what trauma actually feels like in the body, what our mental processes are like, what, you know, what the actual effects of trauma is like, but specifically, specifically sexual abuse, because that's what I've been through the past two years. But I also understand the trauma of homelessness, neglect, childhood abuse. So I do cover all of those topics as well. Mm. Uh, yeah. And it's so important that's work. Where we're at right now.
0: Yeah. That's insane. Well, like... <laughs> I'm a bit lost for words. Thank you so much for being so honest. And uh, you know what's lovely is it's clear that like, I'm always wanting to like talk about ayahuasca, but like for that to lead you to a point you're like, right, I'm leaving this life. Obviously when you went to go and be an au pair, uh, I imagine that was your sort of like, maybe like a, excuse the brutality of this, but maybe a half-assed attempt to get out. Um, Because that's, that's complete withdrawal, right? That's like run away far away so there's there's no support network around you you're just going away on your own
1: and some and it gives my life meaning because yeah. like children children will be depending on me
0: yeah yeah how long did you do that for
1: <laughs> like two weeks or something oh,
0: those kids are <laughs> I <fucked> <laughs> I, I like,
1: in this process of being a sex worker i have fucked up so many people's lives just selfishly mm. because if you think this family interviewed me They flew me out to Italy, moved me in, started to teach me Italian. And then I just turned around and went, no bueno. Flew back, got my slave to pick me up from the airport. Do you you know what I mean? And with no care or regard for anyone else's life. Mm. and, And insane that I could even exist, have existed like that for so long. Not caring about my own life, but also not giving a shit about anyone else's. Like, yeah. sorry, I'll to swear.
0: Oh yeah, do it. fuck you on. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I fucked up a lot of people's lives up on the on the way, and um, you know I got to be hold myself accountable for that. And uh, yeah,
0: you don't give? Do you give yourself a hard time for it, or are you are you learning slowly not not to obviously do that?
1: No, I don't, and I uh, I think because of all this is a result from trauma childhood Mm -hmm. trauma, I like to just remind myself and tell everybody that when we make those decisions, it's unconscious. You know, Eckhart Tolle, I learned a lot from Eckhart Tolle and the pain body, and my pain body was rule in my life. I had a sub-personality. She was an ego. My ego, my sub-personality, my other personality, Jasmine, and my ego and my pain body were completely in control of my life. So in those spaces, did I have complete control? Did I feel like I even had a say in what was going on in my life or what I was doing to people? I didn't because I was yeah. doing it unconsciously. That doesn't mean that I didn't fucking do it. I did, yeah. but I, I take responsibility for it, but I don't blame myself for making those choices because I didn't consciously, with awareness, make those choices. I didn't think, oh, I'm going to really go and upset an Italian family and upset no. the children and build a relationship with them and then move out I didn't, that wasn't my thought process. My thought process was escape, 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 escape. So.
0: I think um, it's interesting to say that because like, obviously through life we make mistakes and that is what is is part of being human. How are we ever going to know what's right if we don't do what's wrong every now and then. And it depends on where you are and where your energy's at as to like, what your perceptions are of right and wrong and, and the energy that you can give to other people. And I think what's amazing to see like now is that you're in a place where you're obviously you're still working on yourself, which I think it's a never ending process for everyone, especially someone that's like been through what you've been through and had the life experience that you've had, but you're now able to help others. And that, and that's like, seems to be like, it's, it's your calling. It's like, Hey, I don't want other people to do this the way that I did. Um, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life but this is a really good way to recover from this shit like it's it's really really nice to see and um i want to <laughs> i want to read you a poem i wrote because <laughs> uh last week me and siobhan or about, no it's about three weeks ago me and siobhan the girl i live with had a bit of a falling out about privilege and i was in a really bad like an, like i was in a low energy place i had a lot of like dark energy i felt heavy i felt like sad And like my, one of my friends had just died and I was really ill. And she she was talking about this like stuff on the internet. I was like, why do I have to fucking care about all these things that are going on in the world? I was like, who is like, why is everyone telling you to care about this stuff? I was like, I've got my own shit to care. I have to keep my head above water. And then now, like last night, I was like, actually, I do really care about all these things. But like a couple of weeks ago, I didn't, I thought this is about uh, like men often, neglect a lot of the things that go along in the world. It seems like girls are are more woke. And basically I'm starting to write poetry. So and I'm I'm going to come out of the book in two two years. So, (laughs) right, you ready? So why is it important for a bloke to be woke? Because it's good to care. It's no excuse not to, because you've got chest hair. There are issues upon issues. They don't have to be to do with you. See beyond the limits of what's in view. Because you don't see it, doesn't make it untrue. It's unfinished, right? But I just thought a lot of blokes, including myself, just don't care about some shit that we probably should care about. And it's crazy how, like, even a, a couple of weeks, like a switch in mindset for me has done that. When you did ayahuasca, was that just a quick switch?
1: Yeah. Yeah, mm. cured my addiction as well. So I was free from my addiction. Uh, and I was free from... I love that line in this, the last bit of your poem there that's just because you, you can't see it doesn't mean it's not true. I think that mm. we can also look at that inside of ourselves just because we've repressed something. It, just because we can't see it anymore it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It doesn't mean that it's not it's not mm. happening still inside of you and existing within you. When I did mm. ayahuasca, I, um, I saw surface level, like ayahuasca, me and the mother, we work in, like I'm an onion. Mm-hmm. Like, please, if you've ever watched Shrek, just think about that yeah. line in the film, and I'm not gonna attempt here. And she peels one thing back and she showed me walls of picture frames with men's faces. So all of the men, all of the soul ties that I yeah. had collected. She showed me every single one and I just looked at this wall of men and I was like, fuck, all that's inside of me. All of those souls, I've taken a bit of every single person and I'm carrying that with me. Yeah. No no wonder I can't make decisions. No wonder I can't make decisions. I've got so many people's souls attached to my soul and I'm trying to function. Impossible. So it was literally a quick switch. It was literally on that retreat. I went, I need to stop everything. I was like, yeah. I need to everything. I've lost myself. I don't know who I am. I've got an addiction. I'm addicted to weed and, and cocaine. And I live in, my apartment is like 1,500 pounds a month. What am I doing? I don't, mm. I'm like, I spend money to make myself happy. I manipulate people. I'm, a, I'm horrible sometimes, really awful, really manipulate people. Poor men, just little, bo- like that are clearly just little boys that are coming to me yeah. for love. And I manipulate them and go, give me your mortgage payments. (laughs) And they don't. They go, okay. (laughs) You love me. Sad. Uh, Yeah, it was literally just like a. And I just got back to London and went, "Ah, no, none of this, no more. Changed my life. It was. It was as quick as
0: that. Well, love to hear it, really, because obviously it's it's turned it around in in a great way, and you're obviously educated on so and what's really evident is that you're intelligent as well um i think testament to you at 16 to be homeless and to have suffered abuse before your teen years or any fucking years it's just like it's it's not desirable to say the least right but to, to get yourself to uni and to like living in hell, homeless shelters. Like you should be really fucking proud of yourself, even before these decisions that you're not necessarily proud of. Like all of this is, and I'm, I'm sure you know this, but all of this has made you the person that you are today and put you in a position now to help a lot of other people. So without going through that, like there's going to be hundreds, maybe thousands of lives that you touch that like in, in a way of like lightly touching their lives with, pushing them towards the work that even if they don't pay you to help them but like someone seeing your content might inspire a particular journey and I just hope that sometimes you you sit back and you take note of that because in in this world of, of on Instagram and online where you do things that inspire people people don't often sit back and take note of what they do so I just want to say that I hope you do sit back and give yourself some credit to be like fucking hell I have come so far <laughs> Thank you. I That's do. right. Sometimes uh, yeah, I yeah, do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, see, like you say like thank you very quietly, because like taking compliments is probably one of the most fucking difficult things to do in this world, right? <laughs> no one wants to hear anything good about themselves, do they? Um It's a, gift, it's a gift
1: from you to me. It's an, it, I've got to let that positive energy land on me and just mm. really settle there and be like, Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for yeah. just so showing me compassion well and thought. Yeah. Thank
0: you. Um, let's talk about the like the education that you've done for yourself around trauma because obviously I get asked about books for trauma mm. all the time I don't I don't know them so I feel like I, I actually did this podcast last night and I spoke to someone and I was like look I just feel like I haven't really had any I didn't have any childhood trauma I'm like I'd struggle to pinpoint the facts of trauma and she's like oh, well it's there but like I consider trauma like the stuff that you've gone through. Um, Fine. I don't, I don't know anything about this world. So, so where, where is like the information? Like, where has it come from for you? I know, like, we've spoken previously about the body keeps a score, but what, what are the books, reading, education, content that you've consumed that is that has helped you on your journey? Starting with the books, of course, because I mean, it's kind of what this is about. But they're not born.
1: <laughs> I got a list right here. Um, Perfect. But I think when we're also looking at trying to educate ourselves on trauma, it's what was your trauma and what beliefs are you carrying because of your trauma and how does trauma manifest in your life? So if your trauma has resulted in you having an eating disorder, then looking at trauma that um, would really help people who've been in car accidents, not going to help you. You need to look at, you know, education around eating disorders and why we have eating disorders and (laughs) healing them Mm. and understanding the self. But I think a lot of my education has not been primarily looking at how does trauma affect the body? It's, do I, what is my volition? Like, do I have a choice in life? And it's reading content. And I feel for me, based on my trauma is I need to understand that I have a choice in life. So I look at a lot of books that are about the brain
0: yeah right.
1: so i look I look at books like how do I use my brain
0: <laughs> okay how
1: should i how should I think how do I stop being afraid? how do I go about certain things how do I feel like I have a choice in what I manifest so yeah I have books, but for anybody to identify what they what kind of books they need to read, they need to identify what their trauma was and how it's manifesting in their life. What problems do they have? Mm. What, what problems do they have? And then start looking at books that are going to help them, uh, you yeah. know, tackle that niche problem that they have. Yeah.
0: So, so it's about it's like a like a, a personal responsibility thing here. It's like your trauma is is your trauma, it's personal to you. It might not be the same for everyone else so it's just a case of like get on the search get online and and have a good look because sometimes I do think that when people ask me about like the question about oh what's the question of this I'm like like there are there are answers out there that will be very very easy to find but of course I would feel almost rude for saying it to someone that's just come to me with that problem but also it's like there is a sense of personal responsibility like you said to like search out for the keys to, like whatever's on that other side of that door, to help you.
1: Yeah, it it is, and you can understand trauma. There's there's the understanding it. There's the awareness. The books that'll show you awareness around what trauma is, how does it manifest in the body, how to deal with it. But that that if you don't know exactly what you're trying to deal with in the first place, those books. Mm useless until you understand what you need to heal anyway and then when you're also looking for books that are going to heal your trauma what do you mean by that do you mean I want to forget to a point where I feel like I can live my life why what's stopping you from living your life anyway what mm. is stopping you is your eating disorder stopping you okay right well we need to look at your eating disorder then what is stopping you well I can't you know I just uh, I just smoke weed to forget right so you've got an addiction that is because of your trauma okay so then let's look at addiction let's look at you know, The Hungry Ghosts, Gabor Maté. Yep. Recovery by Russell Brand. Recovery by Russell Brand. Immense, immensely amazing book. And the audiobook read by him, it, insane. Just beautiful. Just the 12-step um, program had me in tears. Um, so I like to understand... <sighs> I like to look at existential... Healing in a way because understanding that you have a purpose on this earth and that your dreams are valuable and that your feelings are valid is where I would start. Because a lot of trauma survivors feel like I don't have a choice, I don't have a purpose, I'm useless, I'm shame, shame, and guilt. So, um, the, the power of now, you must, you must, I imagine you have talked mm. about this a new earth, a new the earth,
0: alchemist, love it,
1: the new, yeah. right? The yeah. alchemist, um. I quite like can't hurt me, but I would approach Ooh, that. It's a bit one.
0: intense, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Approach, <laughs> if, uh, I would recommend that more to men. Um, yeah. Although it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, it's just on mindset, knowing that you actually have a choice, right? This is where I'm going. It's like, yeah. think, know that you have a choice in your actions. Have you got an addiction? Just going to be aware, and I say that you have a choice. To a degree, you have a choice. You and your addiction mm. gremlin live together, and you grow it yourself. Yeah, we uh, feed
0: it, right? Like, I, I smoke cigarettes, and I literally wrote down in my journal this morning, "It's like, smoking cigarettes is the single stupidest thing I do every day. It serves no purpose, mm. but I still just go back to them. And I did, I did quit for a little bit, and then I went back. And a chemical addiction to something is such a weird, weird thing. Well it is,
1: but it's natural for the brain wouldn't even the brain doesn't consider what effects that's having on your life. The brain just goes, I need dopamine to survive. And if you've taught me that I can't get dopamine from friends, from if your friends, family, connections, lovers, relationships have taught you that you can't go to them for trust. You can't go to them and their companionship for love, affection, and, es- and essentially your dopamine, your oxytocin. Why would you go to them? You can go to a cigarette. And you can get that relaxed mm. feeling. You can get that dopamine from a from a spliff. And you know that every single time you go to weed, good old buddy weed is going to be there waiting for you. It's going to give you exactly what you need. Whereas if yeah. your friends are unreliable, if your family is unreliable and can't meet your needs, why would you Try and go and build connections. Go and get a connection with a drug because the drug is always going to be there for you when you need it. We build connections to drugs. It's it's in it's in it, it's what we want. We just want dopamine. Um crazy. I would (laughs) I had like an inkling to start questioning you about that, but
0: I I won't (laughs) I won't start unpacking We've got about 10 minutes left if, if, you've, if you've got time. I want to speak about Body Keeps the Score because that's a book that I do need to read, but I, I want to understand from you sort of what it's about um, and if, like, if you'd recommend it.
1: I have a few more books that I will just oh, yeah. throw hey, out to you. Um, so A Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. So this is going to help you understand the hidden barriers of your childhood and where where that came from although it's more primarily business based um it is also looking at relationships and why we cut off love and uh limit ourselves upper limit ourselves um polyvagal theory in therapy by deb darner um amazing but unless you have an awareness of your trauma already don't go and read that book but once you have an awareness go and read polyvagal theory therapy because it's going to help you regulate your autonomic nervous system you are enough by marissa Pier. the joyous body anything by dr clarissa pinkola estes for women any women who have who have undergone trauma she's got um a full series called the dangerous old woman and it's it's connecting to different parts of yourself you you know mm. your elders, your spirits, your body, the joyous body is like a twenty six like uh course book in a book, and she reads okay it. and she te- teaches you myths and stories and it's all she's a she's a Jungian psychoanalyst, so all of the stories that she tells you all of the fairy tales all of the myths are parts different parts of the psyche, and it helps you conceptualize okay. what's actually going on in here um Warming the Stone Child, really good for children who have gone through abuse and abandonment. Um, I quite like, I I did write Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, I suppose not so much trauma-based, but if you are a creative and you've lost your creativity because of trauma, amazing. And um, I quite like the the Edinburgh Lecture on Mental Science by Thomas Truitt, but only look at that as well if you've got like if you can sit and listen to lectures on mental science because that's just a lot and as we mentioned as well the body keeps the score which i haven't fully read and i will tell you why and a word of warning to anybody who is going to just go and read it because they think that they're going to understand why the body keeps the score that book is for therapists okay so it helps therapists understand why the body keeps the score This book is very abrupt and just jumps straight into if you've gone through sexual, if you've gone through rape, it is going to say that word. And if you have gone through that, you are going to be triggered immediately. So wouldn't recommend that book if you are easily, easily triggered um, by any words or mentions for anything that, (laughs) that are going to talk about the body. But the Body Keeps the Score would help you understand why you're going through that. Um yeah but definitely if you have had physical trauma the joyous body by dr clarissa clarea pinkloristy same woman as the warming the stone child for I'll women top
0: at top at the old list the that is for women
1: body. though so it's for i suppose men could read it but it would be uh harder for them
0: yeah most people that listen to this podcast are women anyway
1: yeah so what questions did you want to ask about uh
0: I just wanted to understand what a "Body Keeps Score" was like, um, but you've you've said which is great because like I've I've been kind of it's there on my Kindle. I've bought it. It's sat there in my library, but I've also got like "Alice in Wonderland" there that's ahead of the, the curve. Like, there's a load of books I want to read before that, um, so I wanted to know if it's worth it. And I think for me, from what you've said there, like I'll read it someday, just not yet. Um,
1: It'll be useful if you're interested. It's very it's quite a difficult read, but if you're interested, you would enjoy it. If you're a trauma survivor, I don't think you will enjoy it. I don't no. think you will. I think you need to start at the very, very minimum basics of I have a choice in life. Those kinds yeah. of books. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Like books that tell yeah. you that you have a choice, the power of now, a new earth. These books show you that you have a purpose. Yeah. You know, that, that you have you have autonomy, That you that you can have reverence for your life and live with an ego and live with trauma. These books show you that, very minimum, start with the basics of I am valuable. I yeah. am valuable. I am val- like, I am enough. That's where yeah. I would want all trauma survivors and victims to begin is just understanding that you have a choice. Books on choices.
0: <laughs> yeah, I get you. I think that's good because like I'd, I'd, be, I'd be scared to recommend those books because obviously like I don't know the world. I'd, I'd be scared to say, look, just read New Earth. Like, everything will be all right like because i don't know it's such it's such a hard position for um it's fucking not a hard position for me to be put in but it's a difficult choice for me to make of which book to recommend something through for a lived experience i will never ever understand yeah um but it's nice that i've been able to have this conversation with you so i can i can point people towards this conversation and and maybe they skip to 45 minutes in they don't need to hear the rest of it but to have those books and to hear it from you someone that's gone through it it's it's amazing i can't thank you enough for coming on and and doing this where (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i've been blowing smoke up your ass the whole time being so kind but um you you are a legend thank you very much for coming on what where can people find you i know you you did a profit from trauma plug at the start but i know you didn't spell it out right so um
1: (laughs) so at profit underscore from underscore trauma um if that title triggers you, it's supposed to. We're supposed to look at profiting in a, you know, post-traumatic growth. That's what we. Yeah. That's what I mean by that. It's not. I'm not trying to profit by Off money of from trauma. your trauma. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's
1: you can profit from your own trauma. You yeah. can change your life based on your invaluable life experience because you couldn't yeah. go and buy the trauma that you've gone through. You couldn't. You couldn't go and buy it, but you can learn so much from it. So mm. yeah, at profit underscore from trauma and. That is where you can find me.
0: Perfect. All right. Excellent. And I'm like, what is the work that you do there? I'm like, what what have you got going on at the moment? I think you said like there's group courses or individual courses and stuff. Like-
1: yeah. So, I am in the next month, I will be getting my level three qualification in uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. So, I will be able to start offering coaching and uh, therapy in that sense. Mm. Um, at the moment I'm running a course called 15 days of introspection, which is looking at why, why, why do we have these traumas and not just trauma? It's just, who are you? Why do you behave the way that you do? Are you lost? (laughs) What do you need? Like, what do you need from other people? And it's 15 days of introspection, um, which is now I've recorded it as an online course, which will be available within the next two weeks or so, um, and it's online Zoom classes and self-inquiry calls where I will question you and I will question you until you go inside and look at it. Yeah. Go go inside and look at it. Like, yes, me and you can go and take ayahuasca and be shown it, but you can just go and look at it at the same yeah. time. It's yeah. uncomfortable. It's not supposed to be. Yeah. That's how you change your life. You look at those sides of yourself and go, do I like that? Do I not? I can change it. Or can I read to change it?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. Well, look, I'm all the best with those and I hope they do really well and hopefully you'll touch a lot of people's lives and it's good, mate, you fucking smash the books and it's good to see that you're so well read around it because I think a lot of people just are underqualified and I think your life experience, the reading that you've done, the work that you done yourself is, is brilliant. So thank you very much for coming on, Mave.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Well, thank you so much for listening to that conversation. I hope you got as much from that as I did. Maeve is a super, super interesting and inspiring individual. It is amazing to be able a chat to people like that and, and have them be so honest with me as well. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for Maeve to agreeing to come on and being so honest. The list of books that Maeve spoke about is in the description of the episode, also in the description of the episode. You'll find the links for better help. You'll find the links for buymeacoffee.com. All of the ways in which you can support the podcast. And of course, the list of resources if you are struggling with any of the stuff that Maeve spoke about as well. So thank you so much for listening. You're all absolute legends. I hope you enjoyed it. And before I forget, love you, bye.